We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. As you can see, we kind of upgraded a little bit. We up here at the Gaming Society. We had to make the move to Venice because we got a special, special guest here with us today. Best dual threat quarterback the football has ever seen. If you disagree, fight me. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm in a suburb of Los Angeles. I'm not gonna give you the exact location just in case you have hands and paws. But you know, first black quarterback drafted number one overall in 2001 out of Vitek. That was my first time. You know, I remember seeing you in '99 doing your thing. I was like, damn, who is this dude? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. shit about Virginia back then, but I'm like, oh, okay. You know, hold put us on the map. You know, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. most definitely holds the NFL record for most career rushing yards for a quarterback, and now philanthropist, activist, motivational speaker, also doing his thing with the NFL on Fox Crew. We got Mike Vick, Michael, Mike, what, what do you prefer? You call me Mike, man, it's us, we the fellas. Man. Okay, all right. Hanging out. So, you know, back in the day, yeah. it was that NFL network. Yeah. We was corporate, we had to call him Michael, or, or my white boss would chastise me, and be like, nah, look at his name, so like, white boss. Mom, he was mom, Caucasian. My mom heard people call me Mike, she's like, your name is Michael, I named you Michael, I didn't name you Mike, so yeah, I mean, so it's Mike now, man, like, I'm taking control of my life. So we got a, we got a, we got a bunch of, <laughs> you gotta take control. We got, we got a bunch of stuff we're gonna get into you with, you know, football and all yeah. that good stuff. But first thing I got to talk to you about, which I read a long time ago, and I was always fascinated about, because I got a similar addiction. You know, you used to play with chapstick underneath your helmet. Yeah, To keep yeah, your lips yeah, from getting yeah. ashy. Now yeah. we've seen in the NBA, Ain't like KD, white lips in a helmet. You know, <laughs> KD had the ashy <laughs> ankles. He needed the chapstick <laughs> in the ankles. <laughs> KD had the ashy ankles. He needed to keep the chapstick in the sock, just, you know, follow your lead. But I want to know, when did this chapstick addiction start? You know what? Um... I think it started in college, man. Like I used to, I found a little crease in the back of the helmet. I used to slap my chapstick up in, but it was more so like, cause in Blacksburg we used to practice. It used to be cold, like, and we had a bunch of dudes on our team. Used to like the joke, like they gonna joke on you, bro. Like so, white lips in the huddle, man. Like, and I'm calling the play, so everybody looking at me in the huddle, like, you know, gun pro left. And my lips white. They like, yo, bro, you break the huddle, my man, Jay Kendrick, get somebody, bro, bro, your lips white as. <laughs> so one day I was like, man, this ain't gonna keep happening to me. So I, you know, I think I tried Vaseline at first and then I, so that's how the chapstick originated in the helmet though. Just getting joked on in practice by, by my, my peers. So I read somewhere that you were spending like $1,000 a year just on chapstick too. Oh, yeah. Probably you more than that. Up. Yeah, yeah. That's, Couldn't keep I mean. up with them. You know, I need one in every car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need one, I need a couple in the locker room, you know. So many teammates get you to do this. Yeah, yeah, like, 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 they cost me, bro. Like, yeah. they cost me bread. All right, so want to switch and get to the football stuff. When you look at the NFL now, NFL is like roughly 70% black, right? But when you look at the quarterback position, I think the height was like last year in 2020, it was like 10, 10 guys on roster starting at that point, which is not even 33%. But when you look at what you were able to do, kind of laying the foundation, quarterback is a dual-third quarterback and these guys now, what do you notice is the differences from when you were playing to what's going on nowadays? Well, definitely the game is faster, a lot faster. So you got guys on the, on the defensive side of the ball that's moving, you know, faster than the quarterbacks and just as fast as running backs and just as fast as the receivers. So it's kind of like, you know, they're taking maybe a guy who his whole life was a tight end and he get to college and they put him at defensive end. So now you got this big, strong, athletic guy who can run you know, chasing down quarterbacks, and if, and if you're not mobile, you know sometimes it can hurt. It can hurt guys. So 
I just see defenses evolving. They, the defenses are getting better. They playing like different schemes that, you know, if you don't understand what you're doing when you walk to the line of scrimmage, you get confused and, you know, you're thinking a blitz coming from your right and they come from your left. And so they, they combining all these great, talented players, you know, athletically with the scheme. And now they, they you know, it, it's, it's affecting quarterback play. So, you know, now a lot of the dual threat quarterbacks are the guys who are having more success because they're able to get away from those guys who, you know, are just rushing the pass or, you know, beating the offensive lineman at, at the line of scrimmage and, and wrecking games like like an Aaron Donald, mm -hmm. like an Aaron Donald type of, type of type of defender. So we got a lot of talented black quarterbacks in the league right now. But if you had to pick one, you the GM, you got to pick one to build your franchise around. Who are you taking? It's a good question. I'll, I'll, I'll be scratching my head because I want Lamar and I want Kyler. And then I'll try to weigh out the variables, the things that make like what different, differentiates Kyler from Lamar and, and vice versa. Um, damn, that'd be tough, man, because I know you can only pick one. You can only have so one you got, guy you got behind that the one, center. You know, if you can get two, um, then that's what, I so, feel like a Super Bowl, but you can only so, get so one. So I'll probably take I'll probably take Lamar because, like I remember what my coaches did with me in 2002, uh, Dan Reeves. Y'all probably heard of Dan Reeves, Coach John Elway and, and Chris Chandler and those guys. Um, but he, he he drafted me. And he used my talents correctly. I felt like he ran quarterback draws, quarterback sweeps. This was back then, before it even became a dual threat type of thing. And I liked it because it made me successful. It made me comfortable. And I, and I was able to get into uh, the Florida game, even if it was just by running for a first down, you know, not just, you know, throwing for a first down. You know, you get into a rhythm of a game, shooting. You got to hit a couple of shots. Sometimes you get in, rhythm, in the rhythm, rhythm of a game just playing defense. So I was always looking for that, but yeah, I would take Lamar and they, I would I would do some amazing things with him. And Kyler Murray too. And any other guy, any other of those guys that I can get get my hands on. I'm taking Cam. Ooh. Young Cam, Cam is young Cam. I'm saying you well, right now, but you can I'm, I'm gonna give you another Cam you out of respect. Cam, even if you gave me Cam, if he wasn't in his prime, I'd still be able to make him a Pro Bowl player, without a doubt, for sure. It's uh, it's like we talked earlier about, you know, coaches being guys who played the game before, you know, played the game, whether it's on any level, but I think when you played on a pro level and you know what it's like and you know what it takes, then you can kind of work around that. So, you know, whether young or old, I'm taking them, I'm taking them there. See, that's, that's crazy because, you know, it's like, why aren't you on the coaching staff? Like, yeah. with, with this type of quarterback, like, right. the, like the person who knows this the best is this person. Yeah. It's Which like, would, you know, you got Lamar, like, get Vic. Yeah. That's his mentor. It, it, it makes sense when you're an athlete. Like, it makes sense. But, you, no, they're going to have somebody else who's trying to tell them what to do. Yeah, like, yeah. They got, they got, I mean, and Lamar got good coaches. Like, I, Greg Roman and, and um, you know, some of the coaches that's on the staff, uh, you know, some of the coaches who, I, who coached me in Philly, um, good coaches, so they understand. That's why Lamar's having the success he's having because, you know, the coach that I spent time with, a guy named James Urban, who was with me in Philadelphia under Andy Reid, he coached me, and we was doing a little RP stuff, RPO stuff in Philadelphia, so he took that to Baltimore, but they enhanced it. So the same coach that coached Colin Kaepernick when he was in uh, San Francisco is, in, is with Lamar now. So. You know, now you see the same type of things that Colin did early, Lamar doing it now, and but you gotta get lucky. You gotta get the right coach with the right player, man. Yeah, I wanna hear the player. Like I, I like like <laughs> you can give me the coach all you want, bro. I want the man who reminds me of me. Like I, yeah. what did you do when they did this? What did yeah. you do when you did this? Yeah. What hurt you? Yeah. How do situations, I how you react in these situations, yes. how you gonna you know, it's always cool when you can sit down with a guy and say, Especially when you've seen it before, yeah. like I've seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> but what did you see? Yeah. Why did you make this decision? Or, and then that's how you get. That's how you coach. That's how you teach. But that's how you're supposed to get better. Yes. Like you're supposed to get better. Like yeah, coaching. Yeah, y'all seen this, but you wasn't in that. Yeah, you right. coach Michael, but you wasn't in right. that actual right. moment when he had to make decisions. So yes. I get to as a as that player. Hey, when you was here, what were you actually thinking? Yep. Right, so I've, I've I've hit Kyrie like yo this move you did, what were you thinking? Yeah, and only like 
I listened to the coach like, yeah, he he had to dodge this person. He did this. Right. And listen to Kyrie, he's like, yeah, bro, I traveled. Yeah. He's like, I missed, he said, I was, I misstepped. <laughs> yeah. He said, I misstepped and then just, you know, just, just finished. Right. I just fucked like, up and finished. Right. Man, I put so much effort into this. All right, never mind. He misstepped. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <Straight> like, yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've asked the coach and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we work on this, this, this. And yeah. then you're the play. Like, yeah, I just misstepped, bro. I was, I was trying to do this. Bro. And like, oh, yeah, that would have worked too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that would have worked too. But Game that's what I, said. I like listening to the player yeah. that actually that's in the moment versus, you know. Uh, it hit you. me when you said it earlier when we was talking, and it's just like I, coaches – you got to understand the player. Mm-hmm. You got to understand every facet of the game from the time you step on the field or the court until the time the game is over. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be able to relate. So I know if I was a quarterback in the league, I'd be bothering your ass all the time. I'm hitting you day and night. Do any of these guys reach out to you for advice? Are they texting you, calling you, getting, getting in touch with you to try and just, you know, make themselves better? They, they do in the beginning until they get the system of what they're running, and then they, they, look at, they look at their system and say, oh, Mike can't help me with this. I mean, because I can't, because they, they open their playbook up and I don't understand none of their language. Okay. I don't understand what the type of route concepts they're running. I know nothing about what, what y'all doing. The only thing I can advise them on is how to study, how to prepare, you know, how to get ready. Me and Lamar Jackson, we, we, we talked all the time when he was in college because I was trying to get him ready for what he was going to see and try to anticipate how things was going to happen. And he was very successful because he was ready for all that. And um, it's unfortunate I don't get to talk to every guy like that, but me and Lamar, we, we created a bond when he was, when he was really young um, and, and, and at Louisville. But the other guys, they kind of got to come into it and find their way. But it's, that's just the way it is. So, I mean, I would love to be able to coach quarterbacks and, you know, especially in the offseason when they coming out, give them a couple weeks and just get them ready. Um, and it's not just about you know, going out and doing the physical, it's about, it's the mental. It's us sitting down in a room and going through some film, you know, five-man protections and six-man protections. And if, you know, they try to blitz you here, like, how would you change this protection? A lot of guys coaching right now, like, coaching these guys coming out of college, they never played. They never played the game. And these guys come into the league and they two steps behind. So it's unfortunate. You know, a lot of these guys call themselves coaching gurus and they, you know, quarterback gurus and they think they know what they're doing. But how do you know what you're doing if you've never played the game? Yeah. Similar to what we talking about. That's why I'm so, when you said it earlier, it was like, <laughs> thank you. Somebody's thinking like me. And uh, it's, it's starting to show up a lot more because these guys are taking two and three years to develop and get going. What's so funny is like NBA is different because like, like players that, that play like you, they hit me. Yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, we're going against this. Like, they doubling more. What did you do? Right. You know, when they started doubling. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, which who's doubling? Yeah. Is the big man is another guard. Where's yeah. he coming from? He's coming from the left side, right, right side. Right, right. Is that affecting your shot? Yeah. But then you need to train. Like, like what did you choose? Like, like, yo, go. When you're playing, because, uh, you know, in practice, because you're not playing against your own offense, it's like, yo, just grab two guys, a small and a big, and then just have them double. You play one-on-one. Yeah. So you can understand oh, that's, that's where it's cool. coming from. Right. You know, understand, okay, I need to beat him. He doesn't understand what defense is going behind. So yeah. sometimes when that defense is coming, you can go. Yeah. Right? So, you know, teaching like, you know, like Dame, all right? You know, it's like chess. You know, set up your pick and roll. You know, like I noticed you shoot, like, damn near from the half court first. Mm-hmm. Why? So he tells me why. Yeah. And then I can say, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Right, right. You know, you want to shoot this first one. So the defense, like, oh, she's so pulling they, up oh, from there. Shoot from deep. So, yeah, so now yeah, you're guarding yeah. me there. Now my pick and roll starts right. here. Now I got more room to run at this big man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cool. You know, nice. so we sit there and, like, like I want to learn the new style. Yeah. You no, know, I got I got a son too, so I got to teach him. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like picking brains. Like, oh, Kyrie, what do you, when you drive, what do you look at? I look at feet. Is that because, you know, you can't move without your feet? You know, yeah. everyone used to talk about hip. Can't move without your feet. Tell you what. So I need to see you, you bow legged, you this, you that. Can yeah, you, you got to see everything. You know, yeah, you got to see <laughs> you know, everything. So we, you know, so we talked about it, like what, you know, this referee versus this. So, you right. know, in basketball, we we give more information if it's couple of grounds. You know, so like I talked to, you know, Kyrie, talked to KD. Um, usually KD is about, you know, uh, ranking. Yeah. Where you rank at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? No, yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, what are you doing in your off time, shooting? You know, why do you think you're number one versus now, number now two? I will say this. I talk to a lot of guys around the league. Yeah. Running backs, receive, because a lot of guys just want to, they want to know, like, 
how do I get it? Yeah. Bro, bro, just you pulled it down and ran. You was like me. When I caught the ball, I gotta, you know, I gotta get low, yeah. I gotta do me. So I think just from that standpoint, you know, it, it's so cool to be able to teach the next generation, mm -hmm. to, you know, how to, you know, how to have that advantage and that edge. It's, yeah. it's, it's super cool. So I gotta ask you, when did you realize that you were a cheat code? Like, you know, was there a moment when you were young? Yeah, <laughs> like the word cheat code. Yeah, you know. was. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take credit for it. 2004 Madden cheat code. But, you know, when did you, you know, was it, you know, Pee Wee level was, was somewhere where just like, yo, nah, nobody's gonna be able was, to stop it. It was definitely not, um, geez, even in college, like, I was like, man, this shit easy as hell. You know what I mean? But I know I worked really hard in the off season, but I'm like, Man, I, I didn't see Charlie Ward dominate like this. I didn't see, um, let me see, I used to watch guys like Tony Murray. I didn't see, I seen Donovan dominate, but to me it just felt so easy. And then I was, you know, two years and I was gone. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, even when I got to the league, like it's another level. So everything changed and I'm like, all right, now I got to revamp. I got to, you know, I got to find my niche. I got to find out how I can I be successful, you know, when I step behind the center. In my rookie year, I kind of realized, like, yo, I got to change a lot of things. Because, I, I mean, I wasn't ready. Played against Brian Erlacher and the Bears and a couple of teams. It just looked like I never played the game before. But that second year, when the, when, that, when the second year came around, and I had all the reps to match and had the chance to spend time with all my play, the you know, my teammates and throw in the offseason and, you know, learn what the offense really was about, I took off. But I still felt like... Next year they might pick up on what we're doing. So that's only one season. Year two, year three got to be better. Year four got to be even better. I went to the NFC Championship game, year five. And then I started to look back and be like, especially after the NFC Championship year in 04, I was like, man, it was, that was really easy. Like, it was easy to get there. I expected <laughs> to get back, but you know, I never made it back. I never made it back. So that might've been the time I started to realize like, yo, this is like, this game is easy, cheat code, like whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, I kind of got humble because it was hard to get back there for the next 10 years of my career. It was a cheat code, bro. I had, I had Madden. I had, I had oh, Madden, it was, bro. It was definitely a, a disadvantage yes, for hey, anybody hey, who <laughs> didn't play with the Falcons bro, outside of Atlanta. Were you playing the game with your – were you using yourself as quarterback on nah, that game? No, no, no. I tried to, man. But it, I, I could never control myself because okay. I always wanted to take off. I wanted to do – what other guys was doing when they played me. So if I played you, you get, cause I like the pocket passes. So I'm like, in my heart, I'm like the, a pocket passer at heart. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'm Tom Brady, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Peyton Manning. Like when I line up, I ain't thinking about scrambling and running. I'm thinking about throwing it like Drew from the pocket. I'm yeah. throwing, you know, so that was always my mindset when I played. Like I wanna, I wanna be a precise passer. Um, so when, you know, when I pulled it down and ran it, man, it was just like, you know, that was just a part of my game, but if I played you and Madden and you got me and I got Peyton, and you you you, you gonna annihilate me? Like you gonna you, kill bro. me? You gonna beat me? I'm gonna kill you, so bro. I'm like when you leave my when you leave my house, I'm like, oh, I'm 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 about to do what Gilbert did. Yeah. I'm <laughs> but I, mean, I'm like, I do I do hail Mary, like, run everybody yeah. straight left down the field, and I'm but yeah. I, but here's the thing, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it with myself, so I'd never play with myself on the game because I couldn't control myself on the game. It's, you know, it's because, crazy. It's as because it it's like when you're playing a game, you want to do what you don't do. Right. You, you want right. to do what you don't do. It's like yeah. like when I played when I played with myself, I'm passing the ball. Right. Let me. All right, let me try to get 20 yeah, assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want something different? <laughs> like I'm trying to get 20 yeah. assists and not yeah. realizing it's the same team you play with in real life. Right. They can't score like that. Nope, nope. But it's, no it's, this, uh, like, like, this is my wishful thinking. This in an ideal world, if I can line up and this is how I wanted to be, I wanted to be like like you. I want my teammates to be involved. No, I want I want to spread the ball around and I want to sit back and throw for four touchdowns and 450 yards and I ain't got to run a lick today. Yeah, that's how I wanted it. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. crazy. That's how I wanted it. That, but that's crazy because you know when you're playing a game. And you're doing what you do. They're thinking you're doing it because of a selfish, selfish yeah. part of it, and not realizing, yo, this is just my talent. I can't control yeah. it. Yeah. Like you know, like I'm, you know, I got to make split yeah. decisions. It's circumstantial. Yeah. So when you yeah. hit me and my brain says go. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm doing. Out. It ain't got nothing to do with. Well, I, well, I feel this pressure <laughs> yeah. from right here. Oh, I got to slide up. Oh, I got to go. 
I seen, you know, the first down was right there. I just went and got it. But when next time we line up, if it's a pass right and I'm looking, uh, he open. Oh, pff, yeah. <laughs> he open. Pff, pff, I'm gonna do this until you can't take it no more. Like I remember, this is like, the easiest way to advance the ball. I remember, like uh, someone was. Uh, I heard critics like, "Yo, he need to pass the ball more, right?" So I was like, "You know what? Yeah, they they probably right. You know, get my teammates involved." And I went out there, non-aggressive, trying to just five assists. Yeah. Five, just, just five trying. assists. I'm like, I take 20 shots to do that. Yeah. Five assists. I yeah, take four yeah, shots. Yeah, you, five assists. Like, oh, this is nah. This ain't it. This ain't it. I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> on all levels, man. Like, like, I'm about to make 30 passes and they get 400 yards, and nah, that's not how that works. <laughs> Wishful thinking. For sure. Wishful thinking. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So I want to talk to you about the college experience. Go to a national championship game your redshirt freshman year. I sat back and watched that game last night. And, you know, it's a couple – honestly, it was, special teams was kind of they, – they was hurting you. Yeah. I'm just going to be real. But I'm not, not trying to point the finger at yeah, nobody. Yeah. But <laughs> so that game was closer closer than, than what it appeared. But you led, led the comeback. And, you know, you're the man now, Sports yeah. Illustrated articles. What's that like for you coming back to college that next year as just that dude? Like, what, what is that of, feeling like? I came back with a lot of pressure. Um, Cause you know you you do that in a season, and you go to the national championship, and everything go as planned. And then you got to come back and duplicate that. Now you're a Heisman Trophy candidate, and now the whole world watching. And now you parade, you first team All American. This and you got all these accolades. Now you got to live up to it. So it, for me, it was coming back and not being like not being that guy that you know didn't deserve to be in that spot. Like, I, I felt like I worked hard for that, but, man, I'm not about to let this defense take it away from me. I'm not about to go out and look like some trash this year. So the pressure was on me to, to perform again, which I put so much pressure on myself. Like, I ain't tell nobody, but I was really trying to win the Heisman. I'm like, I'm going to get the Heisman Trophy because I went the year before, but everything out of line right. One injury, I got hurt, and then it, it knocked me out the the race. So... After that, I, I was, you know, I had a good year. I didn't feel like my, my second year was as good as my first year because it's hard to duplicate that type of success. But I still had um, enough success to where I could I can go in and enter the draft. And, and, you know, even though I didn't want to enter the draft neither, I wanted to come back for a third year and try to win that Hasman. And I wasn't ready to go, man. I wanted to, I wanted to top all stats. I wanted to be number one in everything, and, and you know, pound for pound, everything in the weight room, and mm-hmm. I wanted to conquer all Virginia Tech records, but you know, I had to go. Yeah. Time to go. <laughs> I had to go get that money. It's a third year. I was sitting courtside watching you, Gilbert, the next year. You know what I'm saying? I was sitting courtside watching you versus Allen Iverson. Yep, yep, you know what yep. I mean? So you talk about AI. You you both from Newport News. You know, everybody you know that I talked to said that, that that you were the best player to come out there, and he's he's second. Did you get a chance to see him play football at all in high school? Yeah, how, how big yeah, was he in, in that moment? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was, was good, but he chose the right sport. Yeah, yeah. He, he chose the right sport. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, I mean, his frame won't. You know, 
I mean, I pre I'm pretty sure if he would have put some time into it and, and, and worked on his body and tried to build his body up, he could have became a, you know, profound football player. But, you know, his calling was basketball. Now, he, he had moves, though. Like, he was special. He was special, but I, I just, you know, just it's a different slow. game. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a different game. So it was, three, it was three of you guys out there? It was so it was, it was it was it was AI first. He killed it at Bethel, and then Ronald Curry came. Man, it was the same year. Mm -hmm. Man, Ronald was freshman together. Okay, but Allen was like four years before us. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So because yeah. hey, I remember I, I remember Ronald on the basketball scene. We kept hearing yeah. him. Like, he was number one in basketball. Oh yeah, they, he was, they was talking about him coming out for the draft. Yeah. He was going to enter the draft. Yeah, early. They, they did the McDonald's game at his high school. Right? Yeah, they did it. At, yep. Yeah, so he was thinking about coming straight out of high school. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, I think his jump shot was—he he just needed to work on his jump shot. I think at the time, <laughs> that was, that was my boy. Shout out to Ronald Curry. But what's so funny? He was been—he would have been like top ten, top. Yeah, 10. yeah. He um, for some reason he ended up going to UVA, and the whole basketball thing just went out the window. He went to UVA. Uh, I thought so he went North, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Then he, did he, he might have ended up. Oh, you know, he committed to UVA, and, and then, then he went to North Carolina. Yeah. So when you look back coming out after your sophomore season, do you ever regret? You know, just from a maturity standpoint, do you think it would have benefited your career more just that extra year in college? Or is it like, yo, I'm just getting this bag and I'm, I'm not even going to worry yeah, about well, it? Yeah, well, I think just in the passing game, understanding more about defenses and, and how defenses are going to play me, you know, on a consistent basis. Because I started to see a trend, um, especially in college, like teams trying to, you know, play robber coverage and um, trying to put a spy on me. Um, so I, I knew at some point when I took the next step to the next level, I would see the same type of defenses and it was real gimmicky. And, they, you know, it was like, you know, I kind of helped change the game on the defensive side of the ball, too, to, to, in regards to how they play quarterbacks like myself and Donovan, you know, for years. And it was because he was elusive. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I would have probably learned more in the passing game. But I started to look at it like, man, what more can I accomplish? Like, what? Like, what's next? Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, if we don't win the national championship and we had a great recruiting class coming in, we had D'Angelo Hall coming in, Kevin, um, what was his name? Not Kevin Johnson, but um, we, had a, we had the top running back coming in from, he ended up playing in, in, for the Detroit Lions for a couple years, uh, Kevin Jones. I might not uh, you know, ring a bell, but he ended up going first round, D'Angelo Hall went first round, and so we had, we had guys coming in, it's just, you know, you got to look at your overall circumstances, and man, I, had to, I had to get up out of there. I had to, get, I had to let's go. Get, let's get this 2001 NFL draft. Chargers got the number one pick. Draft that they make the trade to the Falcons. You find out that you're going to Atlanta. How, yeah. how excited I mean, look, there's, there's tons of cities, I'm sure, NFL cities, motherfuckers ain't trying to go to. Yeah, I can yeah. name a few. I can <laughs> name a few yeah, on top of my head. And then I look at one like Atlanta. Thing, I was just like, yo, my mom get to come watch me play. Okay. Like that's all I thought when, that, when that trade happened, like ten o'clock the night before the draft. Like I'm sitting there, we chopping it up, me and my me and my boys, we in there eating pizza, chilling, watching mm -hmm. pre-draft highlights or whatever was going on. And then my phone rang, and my agent, you know, for four months, I'm like, like you going to the Chargers? I'm like cool. I'm in house shopping and everything. Mm -hmm. So like, um, my agent, like, you might be getting traded. I'm like, where? Like first he was like, bro, Atlanta might move from five and come down, and so I, I wasn't trying to get too worked up about it or believing that that it was actually about to happen, cause you know anything could happen. But the whole time I'm like, I'm like counting my money, like damn, that's gonna save me a lot of money, cross country <laughs> flights from, you know what I'm saying, from Virginia to San Diego. Yeah. You know, you're looking at fifteen hundred a flight round trip, times six people coming, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. eight thousand or whatever. And I'm like, you know, Atlanta's is closer, and God, please let this happen, man. Just please let it happen. So, and he called me back. I signed a contract like 1:30 in the morning. Like I'm going to Atlanta, man. And I called my family, I called my mom, told my mom, and every it was a sign of relief for everybody because her her biggest concern was not being able to travel and see me play. And that was really important to me. And uh, you know, it was uh, just a, a cool situation. It was amazing how God worked in, in, in times where you really need him the most. And I, I needed him right then because family support was everything to me, especially being 20 years old and getting drafted. So you, you go to Atlanta. Man, now. hold on, man. So, so. 
Yeah. So you already knew. So see, that's the yeah. The night before, yeah. So man, I'm talking about you. You ain't worrying about what picky was going. You was already number one. Yeah, I mean, you trying to you worrying about the city. I I was house hunting already in San Diego. Like (laughs) San Diego is cold, but like so. So when you in in NFL, if you gonna be the first pick, they they'll grant you the opportunity to sign your contract early, and you you the only person that know that you going number one. They give you that liberty. You know what I'm saying? So I knew. So I signed my contract. So and and the draft process, it was really cool, but draft day for me, it wasn't what I envisioned as a kid. Like as a kid, I used to watch the draft every year and see guys. Uh, they just like they're in the state of despair and they yeah and they're stressed <laughs> out yes and then their name get called and they yes and and so me I already knew so I'm yeah. sitting at the table no joy no yeah. nothing we already know we're going first <laughs> all right man uh, rest in peace Paul Tagler boo hey t- pull the card out thanks Paul this is an amazing experience I wish I would. The element of surprise would have been great for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wanted that. I wanted that feeling, like, of not knowing, sitting there, head down, and then you hear your nah, name Nah, nah, trust me, yeah. you don't. Hey, I'm going to say no. You sitting there watching it, you thinking you're going 10, and they call? Yeah. Joe Johnson. Who the f*** is that? Like, damn. Romanovich, who the where the f*** did he come from? Like, you just sitting, people like, oh, man, you on the phone. Hey, yeah. what? Am I in this I draft? I can relate. All right. Okay. All right. Hey, hey, yeah. So my so my cousin Aaron Brooks, um, shout out to my cousin Aaron. He was uh he like going through that process. He was telling me, cause he got drafted fourth round in Green Bay, but he he didn't get drafted to the fourth round, and it was like so nerve wracking, like doing the draft. Like he just left the house, left everybody in the house, and just we, he just went and jumped on the interstate. And he just went and just started driving, and I'm like, man, you know, so it. it it works out different for everybody, you know. I mean, I, I got lucky, but guys, you don't know where you're going, yeah. you don't know where you're gonna get picked, and you see guys getting drafted in front of you, and you like, man, who the, is that, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get out of here, come on, man. So, yeah, it's it's, it's nerve wracking for sure. So, 2001, you go to Atlanta, coinciding with really kind of an explosion of dirty South hip hop music. I mean, you yeah. got Ti, you and Ti kind of came out the same time. Yeah. I mean, what was that like for you just to be in that city that was just a robust scene? Obviously, Outkast was doing what they were doing. They had been established. But just, just the crew of, of, of hip-hop artists and all, just the entertainment and talent was, and just the convergence of all that. It was cool, man. Just black entertainment. Like, you know, I'm kind of in the heart, in the mecca of, like, what's really trending right now. You know, before any social media or anything, it's like, so, you know, we grew up on Outkast and we grew up on, you know, Big Boy and... and we grew up on Ludacris. Like I was coming out Ludacris was just hitting the charts when like when I was in college, you know what I'm saying? And you know, to be able to see these people and then they embrace you, like, come on, we we got you. Anywhere you go, you you let it let me know where you're going, where you good, we're gonna take care of you out here. And you know, they just want you to play good ball. And and maybe show up to a couple of their events here and there. <laughs> and but that's that was a part of the culture. So then, you know, after that it was Jeezy and T I and then Gucci came and man, these guys just started. They, they just started killing the scene, man. And it was, you know, our games was really like the club. It was like going to the club with football, the football yeah. field, like yeah. you know, stand stadium pack. It's, man, it's, it's jumping, man. It's, it was a good time. It, really that, good time. That's crazy that it was a football because they didn't have that on the basketball side. That's no, 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 no. Shit. <laughs> no. Like damn, this. This is a long We should have came to more basketball games to fill <laughs> up the arena. We used to be like, man, this Atlanta area sucks, bro. Yeah. And then you watch on TV, sold out. Like, yep. maybe, them, maybe they need to put on some football jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> that, that arena sucks, boy. You ain't gonna yeah, lie. no energy, man. Nah, no energy. So tell me, you know, T.I. hits you up, yo, come be in the rubber band man video. And that's why I'm in college yeah, at that yeah. point. That joint comes on. And we rocking with you. We just yeah. like, yo, Vic is a legend. But you in there with Usher. Did you feel any pressure having to go toe-to-toe with Usher? I was like, man, y'all got to stop calling me to do these videos. I don't dance. <laughs> I don't dance, man. Like, I love watching y'all from afar. And like, I just want to be at the video shoot. I want to be in the background <laughs> having fun. When y'all say cut, come over here and talk to me for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it was it was fun, man, because they, they always tried to bring everybody along. And they wanted everybody to feel at home and feel... Like you was a part of what was being built, you know what I'm saying. So when they hit me about the the rubber man, rubber band man video, 
you know, I was I was more than glad to go do it. You know what I'm saying? And T.I. was, he was hot, fresh on the scene. Mm -hmm. and, and you could just tell when he was coming out that, that the rap was going to be different. Like his, his, his jogging was different in terms of just how, you know, his delivery was. And you, know, you got this little young kid from the South who, you know, stating his claim, you know, mm -hmm. just different rap, you know what I mean? And, you know, everybody embraced it. So from there, it was Jeezy, and this just took off, man. It was just fun to be in Atlanta. It was just a, a beautiful time. So if y'all at the club together, who getting the nicest table? They did it way bigger than me. Tip, I mean, T.I. and them, them dudes, like, they would call me over. They would call me over to hang with them. Even BMF was popping, you know what I mean? You know, shout out to the BMF homies. They, they, it was just all love. Like, I'm an athlete, I ain't no entertainer. So they, I mean, uh, nah, sort I was of an that. entertainer, but they do it different. Like, they do it, they got the bottles, they got the section, they got it. This is somebody about to perform over here. Man, let's go over there and hang with them. I was so, not letting no rapper beat me. <laughs> I mean, not look, no I, bottle popping. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I did me, I did me, but them Go dudes, man. man. You was Superman, bro. You was. But you know, my agent always told me he was like, man, you know, keep your mystique. I'm, so I'm gonna tell you what happened to me when I first got to Atlanta. Um, Dre Bly, good friend of mine, uh, he was like, and I was hanging out with my boys, and I was, you know, I was, I was getting out. I'm, I'm young. I'm, I got money now, and you know, I'm looking at football like it's a job, you know. But I ain't taking it super serious. And then uh, Dre Black came and told me like after we played the St. Louis Rams, he was like, "Yeah, word around the league is that you ain't you don't be in your playbook." So I'm like, "What make you say that?" He's like, "You know, they say you partying too much." And I'm like, Man, "You playing Arizona? How in the hell you hear something like that?" Mm -hmm. But word travel. So my agent was always like, "Man, keep your mistake. Quarterback is what you need to learn. Everything that's going on on the field before you step out there, so you ain't lost or feeling lost or." You know, you got to give yourself the best chance at winning. So that that's what turned the tide for me. And then I realized, okay, I'm not like everybody else. I can't hang out to 2 or 3 in the morning. I can't pop bottles on a Wednesday night. Because, you know, in Atlanta, every night is something <laughs> popping. Yeah. Sunday through Sunday. Mm -hmm. You can find multiple places to go and hang out. You know, y'all know. I mean, JD, I remember the track. Yeah, shout out to JD, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But hey, Monday night, you know, yeah, you know every, was, every night they was getting yeah. something cracking. So, oh, so you wasn't, see, we, you know, in, in sports, we was like AI, Zik. Yeah. Rock stars. So, yeah. you know, and they, with, with AI, he, he's going to party every night. Oh, yeah. And see, then he's 50. <laughs> and, and, and then the basketball schedule was totally different. Like, yo, yeah, I mean, that's why I, it's the coolest sport ever, man. It's the coolest <laughs> sport ever. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. So, so I saw an interview you did with Jim Moore uh, back in the day and he was just talking about he used to give you the DVDs and you just throw them in the car. So it seemed like yeah. early in your career, you were just getting by a lot on just natural talent, raw skill, ability. Yeah. Now, when you look back at that now, you know, as an older man looking back at your life, how good of a player could you have been if you would have really locked in, I think, just from jump from your rookie season, just, just honed in, watched the tape, did all the prep work? You know, when, when you look back now in your career, how, how good of a player do you think you could have been? Yeah, I would have huh? been, been a lot no, better. No, I'm saying, he's already, he's amazing. Yeah, I would have been Superman. I would have been a lot better. But super duper. What? Man. Yeah. Um, see, see this, was, this was the thing behind that. I just didn't trust. So I always felt like because my game was different that defense is going to come into a game and say, oh, no, we're not going to play Mike. This this me. This my training. We're going to play him different this week. So everything we watched on film, or what I used to watch, I ain't trust it. I'm like, I'm different. I'm not, I'm not, that's, okay, that's the plan. That was the plan versus Drew Brees. Well, that was the plan versus Tom Brady. 
they about to play against me. They're going to switch their whole defense up. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I ain't going to watch the film. I'm going to watch enough so that I know when I see their base cut. Oh, I, I seen that. I seen this. I seen that. But I'm, I'm banking on them doing something different. So I never took the extra time or when I was in Atlanta or went the extra mile to say, all right, so if they don't play these two defenses and they play this, they play something different, then how am I going to combat this? So that's probably why it led to me running a little more because if I didn't beat them in the passing game, I'm going to beat you with my legs. That's because I don't trust what y'all trying to do. When I got to Atlanta, when I got to Philadelphia, I started trusting what I seen on film because what I started to learn and what Andy Reid told me is the defense, they're not going to just switch everything up because they're playing you. What they teach in the beginning of the year and in training camp and OT is what they're going to try to do. That's them. That's their makeup. Now, they might throw some stuff in there here and there, but that's when I became a better passer when I started paying attention to what the defense was actually doing. So I had to learn a hard lesson. It worked. I made two, three, two or three Pro Bowls just by, you know, just going off, you know, my knowledge of the game and what I, you know, trusting what I knew. But it could have been totally different. Like, I probably would have made 10 Pro Bowls and probably had a couple Super Bowls. It seemed like <clears throat> usually when it comes to details, the details is usually when you're slowing down in life. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like, like, like in playoffs, right? We'll get this big-ass booklet. Yeah. Like, during regular season, there ain't no damn scouting report. In the playoffs, we get booklets. So we know where you like to go, where you want to go, right. this and yeah. that. I mean, everything. And nobody give a about none of that, bro. Like, I, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, like I, not, I didn't want to look like I know him. Right. I know him. I know exactly what he's trying to do. I don't give a what they practice in the last week or so. They ain't going to get us. You know what I mean? They're, they're not going to change. So right. I don't give a what that playbook said. They're not going to change as people. Right. You know what I mean? Right. If he, he, he don't go he left, is who he, is. he ain't going to learn it in a right. week. Right. I'm gonna push his ass right, right. or I'm gonna, right. you know, you know. So that's how I I looked at. It. Like I studied the game, but when it came to like the X's and O's of like playbooking, yeah, that didn't. Sometimes, you, sometimes you got to go off your natural instinct. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I had my best games just Winging knowing it. what was going on. But <laughs> yo, I'm man, I'm in a rhythm. Yep. I'm in a rhythm. I, I trust what I see, and I'm going. How do you feel like your teammates responded to that? Were they on board with it, or were they looking at you sometimes like, come on, dog, like? You go I, I think my teammates enjoy playing with me for the most part. I think they respect it because everybody kind of got theirs. So like everybody got their just do. Like it wasn't one guy who, um, it might have been a couple guys who thought they was, you know, probably better than what they were. And I should have had, you know, 80 catches this year as opposed to 55. But, you know, it's not my job to explain what what's working in the offense and what's not working. It's my job to come and win games. And, and I felt like we won enough. I felt like we won enough playoff games. We, we had a chance to compete to play in the Super Bowl. And you know, whether you did enough in that moment or not, go, watch, go back and watch the film. You're going to blame yourself. So I felt like I did my job for the most part. It's only a handful of games I can look back at and say, man, I blew that one. Damn, I, this interception or this fumble was the out, determined the outcome of the game. Because if I screwed up, I made it up. You know what I'm saying? But I know, you know, a mistake in the, in the, in the first quarter don't justify a mistake in, the, you know, something that may happen in the fourth quarter. So I can always look at myself and say, I could have done better. But who, who, who don't? You know, nobody's perfect. Yeah, I had teammates that were like, yo, <clears throat> I averaged five this year. I should have averaged 15. That's what's up. Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to pass shit yeah, yeah, it's your problem, not mine. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. Like, yeah. it's, different, it's different. Like, our pay scale tells us who's going to shoot the ball. Yeah. Like, like, I went into Definitely games. Definitely in your profession. Yeah, like, we yeah. go into games. Like, like let's say we you playing and you going back to Virginia. Yeah. We all, we all, you don't even got to say nothing. We you know already know down. that, all right, he going he gonna to shoot yeah, all the he gonna shots. Yeah, he going to get his rocks off. He's he going to shoot all in. the shots today, so don't even yes. worry about, like, so we in practice, like, we're going we gonna to be shooting around, like, fall back. Yeah, 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 fall we ain't even going to stretch real yeah. hard, because we know yeah. we ain't getting that. We ain't, like, when Melo went back to New York, we, listen, I know he ain't passing the ball. Yep. That's how you play the game. Yep. You know what I mean? So having conversations about, like, what you think you should have did, like, they ain't got nothing Irrelevant. to do so, you know, 24 years old, you signed the richest contract in NFL history at that point, 10-year, $130 million. How much pressure and responsibility did you feel to take care of your family and friends and to stay true 
to where you came from? You know, I think at that time, I was probably past the point of feeling like I owed anybody anything or wanted to take care. Because, you know, I was already three years in, I made some money, so we was already kind of like, it was more so then about the pressure of living up to that, that contract. It's like, damn, I don't want to have all this money and be looking like trash. You know, I don't want to have all this money and then I, I ain't executing. And then they saying, oh man, he, he got paid too early. He shouldn't have got that or, or my, my pressures in, was in, always internal, you know, I, that I dealt with, like, you know, this mental space in my head, like, nobody else could get into it. It's just me. And I just want to, you know, fulfill my obligations to myself. I got to make myself happy. I got to please myself now. And, and pleasing myself meaning living up to this contract, you know. Um, so, but what I learned is, you know, when you get that type of money, you can't pay a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? People around you, you can't really build a roster. You know what I mean? Like now the whole roster suffer because you're getting all the bread and now you got to get mediocre players. It's similar to what Russell Wilson going through right now. He's making a lot of money and now you can't play pay the people around you. Now you got to, you know, you got to make guys better. Now, Tom Brady did it at a high level because never heard about Tom signing big deals or big contracts. Never heard about New England paying people a lot of money. You know, they just... They coach them hard, and they coach them to learn the game, and then, you know, they can they can spread the pot around. Nah. But everybody can't do that. <laughs> everybody can't do that, <laughs> so I feel you. You got to be the Kobe, bro. Yeah. You got to do the Kobe, bro. Like, it ain't my job to make this team better. It's your, you the billionaire. Yeah, you <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> yeah. It's the, you figure and that's it out. how you win. That's you right. the billionaire. What, what do you need me to take the pay cut for? Yeah, like, you, you the billionaire. You got luxury tax. You got whatever y'all going to do. Yeah. Y'all do it. Uh, 130? Yep. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Cause cause it was, yeah. Cause, what the rest of the team look like? I mean, it was times <laughs> where I restructured my deal to sign guys. You know, I think 05, 06, yeah. certainly going to 07. I was restructuring my deal, maybe giving back eight, nine million here and there just to get a couple guys on the roster. But, but, but don't you think that's like, when you look back at it, don't you think it's crazy? Like when players ask me, yo, should I take this pay cut? Like, listen, this is their business. Yeah. This ain't your business. This is right. their business. Like right. they're trying to be billion billionaires. What are you trying to be? Yeah. You trying to be a champion? Yeah. Or are you trying to be yeah. five hundred million? What, what's the most important? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. So as I say, what they're doing is they're 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 playing to our childhood dream right. is to be a champ. So they're like, hey, you know, you making twenty million this year. If you take a 15, if you take a $5 million pick up, I can sign this dude. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, I could do it. Let me go ahead. Right, right. Not yeah, knowing, yeah. like, wait, hold on. Wait, hold on, bro. Yeah. Won't you just pay the extra five? Yeah. You pay the extra five and that dude come on over here. But they don't do that because they're that. playing off of yep. champion. We want to be champions. Yep. We want this. We want this. Yep. So we end up taking a pay cut so they don't take a pay cut. That's what it is. So they, they don't take the pay cut. So if they're making 100 plus million a year, they don't want to go to 95. Nah. They don't want to go to 90. They nah. want to say at 100. So they come at the, they come you know, at the players I, I learned, banking on, banking I on us. over the years that everybody about their own bank. Everybody going to preserve what they got coming to them. And look, man, it's hard to pull it out of them. <laughs> yeah, and it's really hard once you stop playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For real. So I want to shift gears a little bit because you two both have a, you know, a unique experience in terms of being $100 million athletes that face some adversity after bad decisions. So I want to know from both of you, and start with you, Mike, what was it like, obviously, when you went through your legal situations, you know, facing the reality of going from being a superstar, you could go anywhere you were the man, to now having that, that freedom taken away? Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to just look at everything like, man, you know, you take responsibility. Like, bro, I knew what I was doing when I got into this. Like, I, I knew the consequences behind it. I knew it was a, a, a point in time where this could all blow up. Now, did I want that to happen? Hell no. Did it happen? Yes. And you ask God, like, man, why does that have to happen to me? But I already knew I was taking those chances. And, you know, I had every opportunity to walk away from it or correct it at certain points in, in, in my life and, and just never did. But when I finally did, it was just too late. You know, when I, when I felt like, when I looked at the bigger picture, it was like, man, this don't mean nothing. Why am I doing this? You know, it, it was too late. So, you know, responsibility is everything. So I had to hold myself accountable. And, you know, even though that it, it hurt, it's like, man, look, I, I can't cry over spilled milk. 
you know, just affecting so many people around me, um, that that hurt. You know, that that detriment, that 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 right there, that got me. You know what I'm saying? That that hurt me more than anything. I, I was in a different situation. I, know, I mean, I know I know you were. Yeah, uh, I mean, my money was joint. guaranteed, so you yeah, know, like I, I, I pretended that I was hurt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't gonna lie, I was pretending like, damn, man, they done, they done suspended me for 50 games, bro. Damn. I'm in Miami partying. Yeah. This is like this is the first. To me, it was different because it was the first time that I got a break. But you got to also remember, I'm injured. So I'm two, three knee surgeries in. Oh, so I see. I'm yeah. not who chilling you chilling anyway. I'm not was. who I was supposed to be. I didn't know be. that. I didn't know you was. Yeah. You had so like, knee surgeries. My, my contract came because the owner was loyal to me right. for what I did. Got him out of the Jordan situation. Yeah. You know. So he was like, "Yo, before before I pass, you're gonna be the last person I sign." Right. So I don't give what they saying about your knee. I'm signing you to this this money. Yeah. So you know me. So like, I'm guaranteed. So y'all in 50 games not pay, I right, it's cool. I'll yeah. see y'all next year. Yeah, I, I, hey, you find me 50,000, I'm faking yeah. an injury for 50,000. Yeah, like, no doubt. I was one of those, like, I'm, it's different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's different when you're guaranteed, you know, but, like, I, I think that mine was more that I hurt my teammate in a sense where I pushed him to some place I shouldn't have. Right. You know what I mean? Making him react the way he did when that is my brother. You know what I mean? So, you know, trying to figure out how to protect him was my thing. That's why I'm the one who pulled the gun. You know what I mean? Because at some point, like, once it got in trouble, it's like, yo, I need to protect dude. I can't yeah. really, you know, like, let him take the fall like that. I can weasel, weasel out of here because I'm the franchise player, but I'm not going to do that. That's why I just... Yeah. Okay, he got probation, he got whatever. Now I'll worry about me. But before that, you know, I need to worry about him. Like even right. to this day, we still talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, that's that's my guy. I can't, you know, I can't, no matter if you're in the box, I right. you know, we still talk basketball, yeah. sport. Yeah. He gonna ask who this I had this guy. weekend. I'm like, yo, I had Vic You know what I mean? So, you know, it was just, you know, that was the most important, like, damn, you know, I kinda like this career up, you know, by, you know, being yeah. hot shot. Right. You know, that's the only thing I regret. Yeah. Everything else, ah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. You know what I mean? I was I was already hurt. Yeah. You know, if I yeah, yeah, if yeah. I was if I had two good knees, y'all wouldn't have heard about no right. gun thing right. in the locker room, man. Yeah, see, that's the I was bringing pistols in that thing all day. <laughs> Having paintball shootouts. Listen, I don't know if you ever heard of you heard the story about Nicky Young? Yeah. We're in the middle of a gun uh we're in the middle of a gun um seminar. Right? We're in the middle of a gun seminar. I go in the seminar with a BB gun, hold it to his back while they're talking, and he looked right in his face and just shot him. Bop! And <laughs> shot him? Bop! <laughs> First of all, this is my arena. What y'all gonna yeah, do? Y'all yeah. some ex-NBA players? Man, y'all get the f*** out before I shoot the shit out y'all too. <laughs> yeah, you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, you wild. Like, I was wild. That was the funny yeah. part. So they knew I was gonna f*** up. <laughs> yeah, they do. I was. Good. I remember when 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 our owner died, a player, what a, Brendan Haywood said, "Yo, hey, listen, they coming after you, boy. They gonna come after your contract. They gonna get off that contract. So your ass better be on your best behavior. Right? Man, they can't touch me, man. I'm Superman around here. They got me. Gotcha. <laughs> Are they gonna get their bread? They gonna get it. They gonna figure out how to get their bread. They ain't get that. They, Arbitration. They, got, they tried. They lawyers, tried a little bit of it. Yeah. They coming out. Oh, yeah, they. Yeah, they coming. They coming out. So let's move to to the Philly years, which I'm sure we're kind of you know redemption tour, getting back back on your feet after 18 months. You come to that squad, and now you're in a role you've never been in before. You third string quarterback playing behind Donovan McNabb, who who hosted you on your visit to Syracuse. You guys yeah. had a, a good relationship. But one thing I've seen you say in interviews before is that, you know, even as a third stringer, you still had the skills and, and all, all the talent. So being in that position where you're now impressing in training camp and you're doing things on the field that, that are wowing people, how did you and, and McNabb's personal relationship kind of, you know, was there any strain on it? How did y'all adjust? Our relationship took off. I mean, just to be in, a, in the room with him every day and just to hear him talk football, it gave me a different perspective on how I needed to approach the game. And I think Andy Reid paid attention to how, you know, me and him kind of was gelling. And, you know, I just kind of like sat, sat back and just soaked everything in. Like now I'm with like the offensive guru. I'm with like one of the West Coast system originators and Andy. So I'm like, man, I'm going to learn everything I can. I probably won't be here next year. 
because I didn't think I was going to play. I drafted Kevin Cobb in the second round, so I didn't think I was really going to be in Philly. And then Andy, like what he's seen, I spot played a little bit. And uh, they, I had a one-year deal with an option, and the option in the second year was like, for like $5 million. Just, and they picked it up. I'm like, damn. And then they <laughs> cut Donovan a couple months later. I'm like, shit, you know, that's my man. Like, and he went to Washington and... So that kind of, right there, that's when I, I realized, like, uh, yo, I'm still wanted. You know, I still got the skill, and, and now I'm with the right coaches. Now, how do I how do I take that and, and run with it? So now let's shift to 2010. After that, that first year back, kind of getting your bearings back. Kevin Cobb, I think, goes down with an injury. You kind of thrust thrust into the limelight, and you know, just no looking back at that moment. So, so what was that like for you to be able? You know, a lot of people in life don't get a second chance. Yeah. To, to go do the thing that they love. And not only did you do that, you did it at the highest level winning comeback player of the year. Think about that Redskins game. Whoa! Football team. Hey. Oh, wait. If there were the Redskins then. No, 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 no. I've only watched one football game in my life. That was it? It was when you came to Washington. You, you stand there? Yeah! Yeah, y'all scored like yeah. 59 points. Y'all was in that mother. Oh, yeah, we that. scored. We beat I'm them 59-10. Like yeah, I'm getting booed, <laughs> bro. Get, I'm getting booed. Man. I mean, that's almost like, yeah, I know you're getting booed. That was definitely a breakout game. Did you have any clue going into that game? Because first play from scrimmage, you what? hit D-Jack with the 88 yard 88? Mile. I'm in the newsroom of NFL Network. <laughs> no. We screaming. All the black people in the office screaming. Like, oh, shit. He back. Nah, it was, um, you know, just hey, backtrack a little bit. You know, the game Kevin Cobb went out. You know, just that season, I just kept telling my wife, like, you know, because our life was different. I went through a bankruptcy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won't make, I ain't make the money. Like, the first year I came, I made like $1.2 million, and I was on a budget. And, you know, they picked up the option for the next year, but it was the start of the season. And I, you know, still, it just wasn't the money I was accustomed to or used to. I lost all my endorsements and shit, everything. So I'm just telling my wife, just always tell my wife on road trips, you know, I love to drive. Like, yo, I just need a shot. I just need a chance. I just need a chance again. Like, being a backup is not, it's not what I do. And she, she knows, she can, she can hear the pain in my voice, but I ain't really stressing it though. I ain't really letting, I'm just like, I need a shot. And so when Kevin Cobb went down, like, I was, I really wasn't ready. Like, I talked all this trash <laughs> to my wife in the car, like, yo, I just need a shot, I just need a shot, and then, he go down and I'm like, damn, I ain't really prepared this week that hard. You know, I didn't expect him to go out. Mm -hmm. And so I came in and just, everything just clicked. Like everything that I, you know, I, I watched film that week, but it was like everything just like, it was just like God just put everything back in my mind. And I just executed at a high level that day and I was calm and I was comfortable and it was like, yo, this is me. I, I'm really playing the position like, I don't think he gonna get his job back after this. It, it ain't no turning back from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, a couple weeks later, that's when that, you know, the game against, you know, Washington. And I was just like, yo, I'm taking off. Like, this is my position now, this is my spot. I ain't giving it back and, you know, I'm here for a reason. Did you have any feeling? I mean, what was the moment in that game? Obviously, was it that first play where you hit the deep bomb? Or what was the point in that game was like, I'm about to really do some something historical in this moment? Well, first of all, um, you know, Washington knows my grandmother's favorite team. So when I when I was in prison, she passed away. So you know, I used to always tell her when I was a kid, like I'm never gonna lose to Washington. Like, yo, I'm not. I'm never gonna lose to them. I don't care what happened. I'm not gonna lose to them. And um, I just remember that day because this was my first time playing them. Every she passed away, and that's my first time playing against them <laughs> since she passed away. And and I'm just. And Donovan, they got a big contract before the game. And it's just all these things building up in my mind. I'm like, yo, so on the sideline, like, man, hey, Grandma, like, I'm looking in the sky, like, Grandma, I hate to go do this, but it's about to go down tonight. First play from scrimmage, I'm like, I got to hurt him. Hit him with the bomb. And then, you know, it started to rain a little bit. Like, as soon as that happened, it started to rain. And I just, another day where I just felt the sense of calm, and I just, the whole time, whole time in the game, I'm just thinking about my grandma. Like, yo, grandma, I, I ain't. It ain't. I'm, I'm annihilating them tonight. Like, I'm killing them tonight. Like, that's gonna be the worst beating ever. <laughs> and that was just all in my mind that night. And I mean, I was like, 
20 for 22, 350 yards, four touchdowns passing, 80 yards rushing, like none, no wrong. Nothing went wrong that day. Everything went right. And it was just how, you know, you, you never plan on it going that way or you don't expect it, definitely don't expect it to go that way. It's just when you sit back and look at it, you just got to be proud of it. I, I was. <laughs> no, because no, I, I, I thought football was so boring. I just like, you know, you, you look at score, you're like, man, 10 yeah. to 14? What kind of game is yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, low so scoring ima- defense. So imagine, like, you know, you, you play with Vic all day. Vic's your guy. And then you like, Vic's coming to town. I need a boot. Like, I'm telling I'm going to the game today. Yeah. Like, I don't care if we have practice. I don't care about that. I'm going to the game. So I'm I go to the game. I'm Sasha Jones. Got the suite. She got a little Redskins jersey with the talking about uh, Donovan signing a new yeah, contract. Yeah, he signed a contract oh, the day before. Nah, like, nah, he about to get his ass ate up. Man, and man, as soon as the game start, it's over. I mean, that like like, y'all score like, what, 59? You score 59 yeah, 10. 59 yes. 10, he on it. Yeah. Yeah, he on it. 59, that's basketball. Man, that's what I'm talking about. So it's like, imagine going to a game, your first game, watching your player in you, it's all the offense that you need. Like, never been to, I've never been to another game oh, since. Man. For real? Oh, no, I went to boring ass Rams game two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> sure it yeah, it was boring. Out here? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, right yeah. here. So, got two more quick ones for you, then we'll let you dip out, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, for but sure. want to take a look now at, at the current Eagles situation. You got Jalen Hurts, you know, similar style player to yourself. Yeah. When, when you look at Jalen, uh, he's had some struggles this year. There's been some talk potentially. Obviously, Gardner came in and got the win against the Jets. That's the Jets, so that's not anything to to, to celebrate. <laughs> but you know, there's a certain contingent of Philly that was right, right. that was yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah we right. need to change. We need to change. But do you think Jalen is, is the right QB for the Eagles? You know, that's a good question, man. And, and man, man, you know, Shannon Shop. Shout out to Shannon, man. Me and Shannon got into a little argument about this a couple weeks ago um, on Undisputed, and I just feel like he he. He got potential, but you gotta let these young quarterbacks go out and, and have these experiences. You gotta watch them close, and you gotta see how they respond to a lot of adverse situations. So, you know, winning is great. Losing is even better because you, they can they can learn from their mistakes, and then you know you give them two years and just see if you see a pattern. Like most guys show a pattern. They they throw a lot of incomplete passes. Or they throw interceptions in the clutch or. You know, sometimes out the blue, they just throw erratic passes. Like, yo, what, what the hell was you thinking? Like, he don't, he don't show me that. He showed me game control. He showed me that uh, he, can, he can play the position from a mental standpoint and not, you know, just kind of get out of whack. Um, but I just got to see a couple more games out of him. I got to see another full season, you know, because last year they didn't get to go through the rookie um, OTAs and you know rookie camps and all that because of COVID. So this is like his rookie year. This is really his rookie campaign. So um, I just want to see him continue to learn from his mistakes. And I'll just say this: when your backup go in and ball, you got the ball. Mm-hmm. You got a you got a ball from here on out because now they're gonna be looking to put him back in. And if, if anything go wrong, you put Minshew back in the game. So now. That's what you got to deal with. So to combat that, man, you got to go out and do you now. See, this is not like basketball because basketball, like, like if if the team wants to go with young, they go young. Yeah. When it don't matter. It. Just go out there. I need, you know, I need y'all to do what y'all going to do. Get all the experience that you can possibly. That's yeah. why John Walston on the bench. I don't yeah, need. Yeah, that, that get me. Like, I don't understand that right now. Because the team is not good enough for you to win. Okay. Right? So... I got, so they just these, going young. I got all these new young guys. I don't need you taking away I don't from, need you taking, taking away, away from, from that. that. Yeah, you know, no Same thing in you. football. They do yeah. the same so thing. So just in go out there. So winning, losing, making mistakes, take yeah. 30, 40 shots. Do what you're gonna do. I need you to be ready for next year or the year after. Wow. You know, it makes like sense but football, too. you know, you got a young quarterback, for some reason they're expecting them to win. Yeah, they right out the gate, because <laughs> that, that trend was set up by Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan and those mm-hmm. guys won as rookies. So they they set the bar high. They said the ball super high. So Bryce Young, Alabama, just won the Heisman. He just won it? Just oh, won it. the ceremony. All right. Just cool won it. Cool, I was hanging with y'all, man. <laughs> you was hanging with us. Yep. But uh, when Damn, you look at Bryce, cool. what do you think his ceiling can be as, as a quarterback? I think he's still a sophomore, right? 
Might be a freshman, man. Might be a freshman, man. I know either him or the quarterback from Ohio State was fresh. But, I mean, you know, that type of success early, you come back the next year and it's like, you know, what, what do I do? Like, how do I get better? You know, do, do I go for another Heisman? Do I try to make it consecutive? You got, he got to set new goals mm -hmm. um, because he, he already amassed um, and superseded anything that he probably envisioned in, in his collegiate career. So now it's, it's about probably chasing perfection, and, and he really got to take his mind to the next level. Like, all right, if I'm going to be a quarterback in the NFL, you know, even though I'm playing in college, this is how I got to be as, as we go through it. You already proved that you can play. Now it's just about staying consistent. But unfortunately, you know, when you're at the top, the only place you can go is down from there. You either stay at the top or you go down from there. So it's probably what he's dealing with. But I think he can handle it. I think he'll have the right support cast to, to, to be successful moving forward. You, well, I said football don't have what basketball has. No. Like, like, I can leave, but, like, let's say I don't want to go back. I, I need to, like, since he has to go back, is there any way he can just sit out this year and just train he, professionally? He could. He could, train, he could sit out and train, but, you know, but NFL, then, NFL scouts and they'll look at it, you know, it took a year off. You know, oh, so you know, they, it's yeah. probably you need to be out there. You just need to be throwing. You need to be just staying involved in football mentally. So you finished third in Heisman voting your freshman year. Some, some say you should have won it. But uh, what advice would you offer to Bryce just about, you know, where to go from here? You know, just train harder this offseason. Train harder than you ever trained before. Um, you know, just take it next level. Just start watching a lot more film and, and, and don't get complacent. Like, act as if you never even won the Hasman. You know, that's just another trophy you can put on the shelf. Um, go get another one. That's, that, that'll be my advice. Go get another one. Keep it simple. The last question for you. When you look back at your life, you know, your career and everything you've been able to accomplish, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, being able to just redeem yourself, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, you know, that I gave it everything that I had, you know what I'm saying, on and off the field. Like, things that was out of my control um, or things that I had under my control, you know, I, I approached it like a man, you know, and I dealt with it the way I was supposed to deal with it. So, you know, as my kids, you know, read about my legacy or my kids, they grew up and they telling their kids about who I was or if other people, you know, guys like yourself telling your kids about it, you know, it's going to be all positive. You know, it's going to be positive. It should be. Um, you know, everybody got blemishes. Everything is going not going to be the way you want it to be in your life. But, you know, how do you come back from that? How do you combat it? You know, so I wasn't the guy who shied away from it, stepped up to the challenge. You know, I stepped up to the plate. Made a man's kept moving, so, um, you know, it's a stand-up dude at the end of the day. That's all you got to ask for. Well, we appreciate you, Mike, for taking the time. Thanks for having me. No chill with Gilbert Arenas. We'll be back with more very soon, but, yo, this was legendary. Sure. Football Superman. Superman.